everyone and welcome back to another episode of Out of Sight. Today we have Niall McElindon on, also known maybe as Thrive with Niall. How, how are you? Very well, it's very nice to be here. So you said you've been coaching since 2016 and you've coached thousands of people with a variety of different issues, symptoms and reasons. And one of your main goals is to get people to see mental health differently in a more empowering way. What is your definition, if you could sum it up as mental health? Um... I think, look, that's a good question. I think, if, you know, if you ask 100 people that question, you know, their answer would be very different. I think for me, your mental health consists of your beliefs, your thoughts, your thinking sense, your mindset, your attitudes, your behaviours. Um, I think, obviously, generally speaking, mental health is often seen in a very disempowering way, in a very helpless way. I think a lot of people, obviously, when, you know, when the term mental health is mentioned, sir, they tend to see it as, oh, you know, it's very complex and very multifaceted and it's it's a it's a, it's an issue or it's a topic area of health that is is you know there's so many different working parts and it's it's a it's a very complicated issue um and yeah people believe there's like many different ways of treating it and all that sort of stuff so i think you know based on on what we've looked at in terms of the research and everything else mental health is actually much more predictable and much more understandable is generally perceived and I think what we have done in the Thrive Program is we've, we 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 know we've created a program that is giving people certain answers and certain solutions for problems rather than the typical disempowering sort of oh you know you this has got to do with this and you're stuck with this for the rest of your life and there's not really much you can do about this and you know the I think primarily you know if you go to a mental health intervention it is about talking about your past or teaching you mechanisms to manage your symptoms or about taking pills or something. And whilst, you know, that could have some benefit, generally speaking, it disempowers people. It it, it reinforces to them that they have something that's happened to them that, that, that they have a lack of control over. And it sort of limits them overcoming it moving forward. So I think the difference in the Thrive Programme is that we've created a programme that is giving people proper answers and solutions and a pathway to actually overcome their symptoms and go on to live a much better life. Yeah, and you said, so I've obviously done the Thrive Programme for everyone listening, and it definitely is different than anything I've done before. And I said before we started this that, and I said in this podcast as well a few weeks ago, maybe months ago, that I started therapy. And personally for me, I know everyone's different, just didn't work for me. didn't really feel that it was benefiting me in any way. And I actually came back to the Thrive stuff, and it's something we talked about as well before, that the reason I had to go back to all that stuff is because I got to a point where I was like, I don't need to do it anymore. And we talked about how that's not the case. So what's your opinion on that? And like actually having to work, do you think you have to work on it every day? And would you say it's work or would you just think it's like something that becomes a habit? Or what way well, I think it? obviously, as you know, sir, the Thrive Programme is very educational. Um, There's a lot of, lot of insight, a lot of theory. Um, It's broken down in simple English and, you know, in the sense that, Obviously, with the sessions and the homework and the videos and everything else, it's um it 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 it's broken down in a way that is very understandable for people. And but yeah, I think also you have to be aware that just because you've learned knowledge and you've learned theory and and you've got a better understanding and and, and your insight has improved, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to translate to you know you just automatically improving your life. This is one of the major reasons why the actions within the Thrive Program are very important. And I mean, mental health is an active process. I mean, I think everybody that goes through the Thrive Program to a greater or lesser extent will have 
some life change and benefit. That's my personal experience of working with people. However, it's a little bit like um, doing a, a, a eight week or 10 week or 12 week program in the gym, for example, to get a six pack or to lose weight or wherever it may be. You could do that for eight to 10 weeks, but it's an active thing. It, it, it's it's not as if just because you have six pack after 12 weeks, then in 12 months time or in 12 years time, you're still going to have that six pack. It doesn't work that way. That, that, that's not the way it is. It's something that you've learned how to do it. You've learned how to get a six pack. You've learned how to lose weight, whatever it is. So it's up to you then to keep on top of that and maintain it. But generally speaking, the success rate of people doing that, going through Thrive is very good. I understand in today's world, there's a lot of self-help things going on and, and you know, and, and, and there's always that pressure to continue to, to, you know, to look at other avenues and all, which is completely fair enough. But ultimately, the things you learn in the Thrive program, sir, as you know, there's things you have to maintain, the things you have to think about and continue to do. A little bit like if you do lose, like let's say I went to the went through a 12-week program to lose weight and I lost two stone. If I go back to doing the things and eating the shitty foods that I was eating, you know, two months ago or three months ago or six months ago, um, then I am going to start to regress again. And your mental health, like your physical health, it requires attention, it requires education, it requires, um, you know, you taking responsibility for. And I think that's the thing that, you know, when I mentioned earlier on about a lot of the the, the interventions that people go to or a lot of the talk generally about mental health is very disempowering is that it doesn't encourage you to take responsibility. Um, once once you you externalize it and you give it, oh, you're like this because of that or you're like this because of this chemistry, you're like this because of that, you then give that power away and then you're less likely to take responsibility. So I think, you know, when somebody answering your question, I think it's, yeah, your mental health is an active process and, and you know, it's, it's something that requires attention and work um just to add to the point of like bringing up things from the past do you think for me personally I think there's like a quote I've wrote it down something about like using your pain as like your power so do you think for me there's sometimes where I'm actually asking your general opinion on it um so say if I'm feeling a certain thing and it's ongoing and like I'm doing all this stuff and I'm learning all these things and I'm putting them into action but these feelings are coming up over they're repeating themselves I think then for me, that's whenever I'll go back and like, right, this is where it's coming from and I'm going to change from that. So do you think it's still important to go back to certain points and not be a victim to them, but learn from them and grow from them and pinpoint them? Or do you think it should be a case if you just don't talk about them or you don't think about them? Okay, good question. So as you know, the past is uh, is, is something that we cover in the programme itself. Um Generally speaking, I wait till about session six before we do that, simply because, as I said, you you know, generally speaking, the program has established that processor and to understand the past and how it, how it isn't directly affecting you today and moving forward, you have to understand everything else. So I think if anyone's listening today and I immediately start saying, oh, you know, let's not talk about the past or, you know, let's, um, the past isn't directly affecting you today. I think in isolation, I think people will say, well, how's it not? You know, I went through this and I went through that. So I think it would be unfair for me to say that. Um, I don't think it'd be very helpful. I think um, what I will say is, is that you know the success rate of actually t- the interventions that talk about the past primarily isn't very good. Um, but it, it doesn't. Sometimes I say to people, and you know, I, I suppose look, it's not black or white. I'm here to say, sir, that it's useless or talking about your problems or not about your past is is silly or anything. I'm not here to. I'm not here to ditch or to dish any mental health intervention. Everyone's trying to do their best. Okay, and I can understand it completely. 
However, for me, I think I have people every single day coming in here and they've done all that tenfold. You know, they've they've been to tens of sessions, maybe 50, 60 sessions where they've went to different people and they've sat and goes, right, where's this coming from? Now, sometimes I say to people, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, ultimately, we can't change the past. Mm-hmm. You know, if if somebody comes in to see me today, like, and they're struggling with depression because their wife left them five years ago. I mean, what is actually the benefit really of sitting down for six weeks talking about what, she, you know, what she done? I think what happens is anyway, um, the only, I mean, ultimately the only thing that affects anybody in any given moment is the beliefs and thoughts and the way they think now. Um, a little bit like if you go to the, let's say for example, you've got a long-term back issue, sir, right? And you go to the hospital today, the doctor is not massively concerned about how this happened. He doesn't turn around and say, right, well, we need to dig out where this come from. Was it that time in the car accident? Was it the time you played football? Was it the time you started hockey? Was it it doesn't really matter? Why why would he spend six weeks talking trying to dig out where it come from? It doesn't really make any sense. I suppose, you know, even if like you, you did find out that it was that car accident, what's changed? Mm-hmm. Nothing's actually changed now, if that makes sense. You've just People just feel better because they've got a sense of control over it. Then it, it it makes it more seem more understandable. But I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Trying to dig out and talk about this and blame this doesn't generally it renders people powerless anyway. So I think what people need is is, is to learn how to change their thinking, or maybe about the past moving forward, and change how to move. You know how to change and develop a more powerful mindset moving forward. Um. So I think that's a more proactive, more um powerful um, approach yeah. than me sitting here sir talking to you for an hour every week for the next month about how shit your life is and I can't believe he done that and she done that and you and I can't believe your life's so unfair because this happened I mean generally speaking it's a very emotional issue it's it's and yeah it doesn't it doesn't inspire people you don't like when people come out of my thrive sessions they love it they feel inspired they they're excited to come next week they're they're excited to come to the session tomorrow i'm not saying that all interventions are the opposite of that but a lot primarily i would say predominantly it is where it's like stressful and it's very emotional and sure you get stuck in a bit of a rut if you know what i mean so in terms of the past, it's it's obviously people have been through lots of you know traumatic, unhelpful experiences, and of course that's going to affect people. Obviously, the point is that it doesn't. It's not a very beneficial approach on a long term basis. Spend six weeks, or even two hours, digging up trying to find out where it's come from. It it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think it, that's true. Like it's as I said with therapy, digging all that stuff up and then leaving it. That, that's not going to work for me personally that doesn't work because I just feel worse but I think for me anyway addressing something okay that might have came from there what what's the solution then I'm not going to sit in that feeling I'm not going to sit and dwell on it and be like my life's so shitty because of this it's like no maybe noticing it's there because like it does come up but also using it as your power to be like okay well I've learned from that I've grown from that that doesn't matter but like still for me anyway still like it maybe acknowledging it and being like dismissing it then yeah. I think trying to say, yeah. not like sitting dwelling on a free age is like I did in therapy because that really just didn't work for me at all. Yeah. I was gonna say there, sir. I mean, you know, two people could be through the exact same experiences and one may be bogged down and held back and it could have a massive impact upon their life and the other person, um, you know, potentially maybe not so much. So and again, this is an example of 
how your reaction and how you think about these things and and your beliefs about these things and and, and the thoughts you create about these things later on in life have a massive impact upon where or not you move on or not. I mean, even like if I went through, I've obviously went through a lot of difficult experiences in my life. Obviously, sir, I'm sure you know yourself, yourself as you know as well. And and everybody does to some degree, obviously some more than others. But if you're sitting thinking about these things all the time and you're constantly talking about them and all this sort of stuff, it's going to very much keep that fire alive and it's going to keep them very present today. Um, and even if somebody does go to some sort of intervention or therapy and they talk about their problems and they feel better after six weeks, the only thing that's really different is their thinking. Their beliefs and their thoughts around that have changed. That's So if it does work for people, that's, that's, that's exactly what happens. The event hasn't changed. Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't erased it from the memory, or it hasn't. It hasn't been out of their timeline. They, you know, that's not what happened. So it's just their thinking and their beliefs and thoughts about it today has changed. Also, a lot of people don't really understand how memory works and things like that. There's a lot of people think you've got like photo, you know, you've this photographic memory where you've like all these pictures and videos in your brain of your childhood or your memory of that event, and not, and, and you actually don't. Um, a lot of people also think like you store emotion for like ten years or something, or you you bottle it up and you know inside of you and all sort of stuff. And that's also not true. So these are the types of misconceptions that are generally perceived by people. Um, that that again, if you're told these things, they render people powerless and they 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 hold you back potentially from moving forward. In the Thrive program, you talk like you talk a lot about the external and internal. Like yeah. hard external things, do you want to just explain what that means? Everyone listening, that external thing. Yeah, um, that's 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 a really important concept. Uh, so I'm not going to delve into it massively today because it won't really make sense until, as I said earlier on, until you've got everything else before that. Um, I suppose how we think and how we feel about any situation will largely be based upon how powerful and, and internally skillful and resourceful we believe we are around it. So for example, if let's look at somebody, let's look at an extreme example, let's look at somebody with a fear or something or a phobia or somebody gets very anxious about something. And the single biggest thing that drives their, their unhelpful thoughts and their feelings is the fact that they believe that the situation is causing them to feel that way. And or they they doubt their abilities to to manage and cope with that experience, so um, that's what, what you know what we would classify as they've got an external locus of control or an external sense of power and control. They don't feel very powerful and very skillful in terms of that experience. Um, I would argue how how the thoughts you create about any situation and the way you feel about it is largely based upon that is largely based upon the confidence you have in your abilities to manage and deal with something. Um, and how internally skillful and resourceful you believe you are at adapting and, and managing that situation. Like if I said to you today, sir, I want you to do a podcast with Jim, right? And you were processing that. The thoughts you create about it and the way you feel about it would be largely based upon, do I think I can do that? Am I confident my ability to manage that? Uh, you know, am I confident that I can manage my emotions and deal with it and, and and what happens if Jim asks me a question could I respond to that and cope with that and react in a powerful way if you've got a lot of internal um, belief in your ability to do that and adapt that and manage that and cope with that you don't spend time worrying about it or overthinking it or you don't lie in bed at night going oh my god I'm speaking to Jim tomorrow you don't get any sort of catastrophic thoughts about it or worrisome thoughts about it 
So a lot of, obviously, the people that I work with, they worry a lot, they think a lot, they create lots of anxiety and stress and everything else. And the single biggest driving force for that is powerlessness. They feel quite out of control and they do not manage their emotions very well and cope very well with the stresses and pressures of certain situations in life or just the general day-to-day bumps in life. When you feel really powerful and internally skillful and you have a skill set of managing life and managing your emotional responses around life, because you've got that internal power and that internal feeling, you're, 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 the way you think and how you feel is generally quite positive and helpful and calm and resourceful. So I think a massive part of the shift towards developing good mental health is to identifying the beliefs that you have that are powerless. Um, a lot of people, again, rely on other things, external events in terms of difficulty or external factors in terms of difficulty, and all these things reinforce a lack of internal coping skills. So these are, are, are the things um, that we talk about at certain aspects throughout the program. A, a massive part of the program is developing that internality. Yeah, it makes sense. And do you think... Um, so I can interrupt one second. So I, this is one of the major reasons why the moment you externalize something, right? Um, like, for example, let's say that, I don't know, somebody's depressed, for example, or and you go to somebody and say, oh, it's because of that. It's because of the weather or it's because of, you know, that person said that thing to you 10 years ago, right? The moment you externalize your, your current depression today on something that's out of your control, that's that's the moment really that you're... You're rounding yourself powerless then because you're basically saying, well, there's not much I can do about that, is it? Mm-hmm. I can't change the past. I can't change the fact that it's cold and you know wet for three or four months in the year. The moment you externalize it, the power is taken away from you then. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, there's loads and loads and loads of people, so it's probably going to watch this, or there's loads of people every day in Northern Ireland or around the world who are struggling with symptoms like anxiety, stress, depression, um maybe fears, phobias and everything else. And because they have been told or because they believe that it's out of their control or it's a multifaceted complex issue, they don't do much or very little or anything about it. And that's because you don't, the moment you think that it's, you know, that it's out of my control, then you don't believe you have any personal power to overcome it. Therefore, you don't do anything. Yeah. The amount of effort we put into things is generally based on, or not we believe we can do it or you know we can we can we can influence it so the moment you take that power away and if you go to somebody and they tell you oh you've got the brain chemistry problem or you've got it's got to do with this or you're this is in your personality you were born like this and you're going to be like this the rest of your life the moment they tell you that that's the moment that you're they've taken the power away from you and you're you the way you see your symptoms then is very powerless because you you're just going to see it as something that's out of your control now. and 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 on that point, generally speaking, in the vast majority of cases, not only is it completely unhelpful, it's actually completely not true. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that when I mentioned about empowering people, a lot of people see mental health as this external thing. It's just randomly unpredictable. You know, it's nearly like you're born that way or it's in your personality and you just can't change any of these stuff. It's in, it depends on your, your brain chemistry and depends on your childhood and everything else. The moment you take the part away from yourself in terms of mental health that's the moment you're going to view it in a very disempowering way and do you think because for me sometimes like whenever you're in that headspace these are the last type of things you want to be hearing because I feel like sometimes I can only speak in my experience but it's nearly not that it's easier to keep feeling like that but to take yeah, the first I feeling like that is like so say if I'm feeling a certain way and my housemates are all 
we'll help each other a lot and we ground each other and it's like tough love so whenever I hear that stuff my automatic thoughts like they don't understand they don't get it and then like the next day I'm like they did get it do you find that with your program that it can take people a while sometimes to hear these things and actually understand not understand them but just accept them yeah for sure sorry yeah what you just said is very very true it depends sort of obviously the, on the person but I think a lot of people you mentioned the word earlier on there it was quite interesting I can't remember I think it was like a uh what was it like a, a vic- the more you went to therapy the more you felt like a victim or something was yeah 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 something like that yeah and I thought I thought that was interesting because sometimes when, again when we feel quite powerless and we feel quite helpless sir it's like we sort of like to surround ourselves with people who's going to collude with us in some way, shape, or form, and say, you know, yourself, you come home from having a difficult day at work or something, and you want to, you know, you're angry because something happened or something pissed you off, or whatever. You want something to nearly say, "Oh, I'll pair you, sir, and I'll make you a cup of tea," and you know, I can't believe she said that or something like that. And like it, in the moment, that may be what, what you want. The problem is that's what we call colluding, and that's like reinforcing your helplessness and your powerlessness and your that sort of mentality you spoke about. The problem is that colluding when you have unhelpful thinking styles and belief systems actually reinforces them and, and, and it reinforces your helplessness and powerlessness. So whilst it may be what you want in the moment, it actually doesn't get you out of that. Sometimes what people need is people to challenge you a little bit and say, well, really, sir, was it really that bad? Mm-hmm. You know, those things, you know, challenge your unhelpful thinking styles and challenge your unhelpful beliefs. But like imagine somebody had a fear of spiders, for example, and, Imagine you were every time you see a spider, you went, Oh my god, a spider is really horrible. And somebody beside you went, Oh god, it is, it's really scary. Yeah, that's that's sort of reinforcing you're already on level thinking. Whereas if you have somebody trying to say, Well, hold on, I'm in here, sir, you know, is that is it really that scary? Is it is it, you know, can you really not cope with it? You're far more likely than to actually challenge your thinking. Mm-hmm. And far more likely than to, to sort of it gives you the opportunity then to think something different. Whereas yeah, a lot of people get stuck in that mentality you mentioned earlier on, they get stuck in that. But I think when you, I think when you come to thrive, it's a completely different approach. And it's the session, the first session we have, like I think a lot of people are like, whoa, like, whoa, this is this is not like anything I've heard about before. And I think it's so factual and it's so insightful and really relatable that I think a lot of people are like, whoa, the, it's you can't argue with it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't you can't you can't turn around and say, Oh, well, I don't think that's true, because it's all backed up by research and it's all factual and it's all simplistic. You know, it's I think a lot of people, the, the rug is taken under them. I think in the first session, we're like, whoa, that was, yeah, that was very thought-provoking and it's very relatable. And, and the amount of examples I give and everything else, sir, I think it's, it's really idiot-proof where it's like, yeah, people just walk out and, and then have, maybe some of them just like, oh, yeah, right. I, you know, it's a bit of a, a few home truths maybe. Yeah. We're stuck there. But I, I don't, very rarely get any resistance. Like, I mean, very rarely. I don't, I don't think... From memory, generally, I can't think of anyone who's around and says, oh, I resist it, or I don't like that, or I don't. I think it's, most people obviously want to progress and want to improve their life. So I think when they come in here, they, yeah, they see very quickly that this is what they need, very quickly, and how different it is. I think, I actually had a lady, a couple, a couple of months ago, I had a, I was in a session in here, and she was at the very back, and I could see, she was at the very back, and she was, it was getting quite emotional and I was sort of like, this is towards the end of the first session. And I texted her afterwards and I said, I wasn't sure if she was her, her eyes were water or not, she was tired or something. I said, I know what she was. says, now, nah, to be honest with you, the last 10 years I've tried everything under the sun, this is my last resort. 
and it was quite overwhelming just to finally go to something that this is what I've needed for the last 10 years. I didn't ever think I was going to get anything like this. So things like that, again, they just emphasize to me how, how different this is. Yeah. And I think that was the same for me as well, for everyone listening. I definitely recommend, not, I want, like, I'm not getting told to say this, but Thrive Program definitely, like, it was like the stepping stone that I needed to change my life. And it's how I got this, end up doing this podcast. Like it all, you might not even realize it, but it all filters through as you go on in life. And whenever you have that belief system, I guess, I think it's called blips in the book. You can still have your blips, but it's coming back from them. And yeah. yeah, I think that stuff really internalizes. And once you actually understand it, it just makes so much more sense than just going somewhere to talk and then having no tools to to change anything. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It's like giving people proper answers and solutions are is important. I think it's that's one of the things that irks me generally when it comes to mental health it's and i speak with people every single day who's coming in here you know during the consultation and they're they're feeling completely powerless and completely helpless and that's because they've they've been to things where have as i said they've, they haven't haven't given them to work with you know what i mean um i think probably the best you'll hope for generally is maybe coping mechanisms or something but like you know it, it's Rather than learning to to manage symptoms and learn to fire fight for the rest of your life, I think it's it's more helpful to sort of teach people how their mind actually works and starting to give them proper insights into how to develop, um, you know, good mental health rather than just right. You're like this, or you've got depression, you've got anxiety, right? I would just need focus on how to manage this and go and play football, or when you feel anxious, go and go and kind of fight things around the room. It's red or something, you know. That that's probably the best sort of thing that you hope for is like there's a there's a, there's not a focus towards coping with your problem and whilst that's more helpful than than, than not it, it's not very inspiring and it doesn't it doesn't give people that agency over their life that control that they that power that influence that that they can get i think i read somewhere you've done the fire program before before you started coaching how yeah. did you find it like how did it change things for you well, look i know supposed to put a long story short so i i Probably unknowingly struggled, I'd say, in my teenage years. Um, it's look, it's something that I don't overly talk about that much. Not because like I don't want to talk about it or anything. I just I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably something that I'm so focused on on moving forward and helping people now. That's a very rare to chat about it. But um, I suppose got a long story short. I I remember as young as I remember I was going to secondary school and I remember feeling this feeling like I'm going to secondary school here and there's only four in my primary school class and I was going to be in the, it was just, I went from a very small school to a big school and I remember thinking at the time, I remember these thoughts and I was getting this feeling of anxiety and everything else and I didn't, obviously I didn't know what it was, I had absolutely no idea at 10 or 11 years old what it was. Um, I got myself through secondary school generally speaking and it was fine. Um, but I did, I got anxious and stuff and, and, um, I went through periods where I would I couldn't make sense of of what was going on inside my head and why I was feeling the way I was. Again, it felt normal to me in terms of it's just who I was and I didn't know any other way. Yeah. And then I went to university and I, that was when the wheels came off. I suppose when you're living at home with your your parents, you're restricted somewhat, and you've got your school and you play football and everything's you know rigid and and you know you've you've. You're, 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 I don't like saying caged, but you know what I mean? You've no, you've, you've very little freedom. You can't just go away on holidays for, for when you're 15 years old for a week. So it was, it, it, I went to university and I did 
didn't have the maturity and they didn't have the skills, they didn't have the tools and the mindset to to manage being exposed to so much, to, you know, to, to to that life, I suppose. And I struggled really. I struggled a lot. And like a lot of people, I, I didn't, I couldn't make sense of my thoughts and my feelings. So I just drank. I just drank and gambled basically. And whilst I was living a good life in terms of it looked like that, and I, I did genuinely enjoy it in terms of I liked the crack and I loved going out and I loved meeting people and I loved doing all that. But ultimately, I was I was using alcohol a lot as as a, as a as escapism a lot of the time and and going to the boogies and stuff like that. And um, they come to a point where that had to change. And I'd, I'd done other other things. Um, in terms of I started looking in my early twenties about other mental uh, some help. And I remember thinking everything I went to, it didn't make any sense to me. First and foremost, I thought, like, why is this guy sitting talking about my problems all the time? I need to give me something. And to cut a very long story short, that was when the Thrive Program came into place. And, yeah, when, when I started to to look at that, that was that was a little bit like what I mentioned about this lady. You know, this is this is what I needed. This is, this is giving me proper education. And I started to really properly understand who I am as a person. I think that's the thing when I'm coaching people. It's like I always said to them, like you're going to understand who you are as a person. Why, to, to, you know, to understand why you think, feel, and behave the way you do, and and why you react like that. And that was the, the it gave me everything that I needed to understand myself as a human. Like obviously, even as a coach, I, I'm not perfect, sir, in any way, shape, or form. I I still make mistakes. I still sometimes let my emotions get the better of me. I, I still sometimes go against what I coach. Even I work hard on myself every day and obviously I'm coaching people, but it's not about being perfect. I think that that's one of the things I want to get across. It's not about being perfect. But ultimately the pro that you know the Thrive program gives people everything they need, the tools and the education to really understand who they are as people, how their mind actually works. And it gives you the pathway and the education that you need to I don't like to say and be the best version of you. That's a bit cheesy or whatever, but to be uh to be a, a well-rounded, resourceful, better version of yourself. And I think um, and I think that's the thing why I'm really passionate about this, because generally speaking, you don't have that out there. What I've realized, sir, is that obviously I speak with hundreds of people every year, so, you know, thousands of people every year about the Thrive Program and mental health. And I start new courses every month and I start with new people every week. And a few weeks into the program where it's four weeks or eight weeks into the Thrive Program, I always say to people, is the program like you thought it was going to be? Mm. Not once, not once. And I've worked with thousands of people. So not once has somebody said to me, yeah, it's very similar than I thought, I visualized that, you know, that I thought it was going to be. And I find that really frustrating because I have tried in every way, shape or form to describe it to people, right? Like I obviously have consultations every day with people. I talk with people every day about it. I've tried to explain it in different ways. You just have to do the program to really understand and, and to really see it for yourself, to really grasp how, how good it is and how fun it is. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people sort of have that, oh, it's going to be talking about your problems all the time and it's going to be emotional and it's going to be boring and it's going to be over my head. And it's only when you come here and, and you do it when you see that. But yeah, so I think that's that's how I got involved. That's that, that, that's why I'm passionate about what I do. That's why I, I genuinely, genuinely believe that it's it's... It's way, it's nothing like anything else that there is out there. And I think it's more about, the focus is more about, it's it's every single person in this world is mental health, sir. 
-hmm. everybody has right it's not like you have mental health and you don't we're all a physical we're all mental health and everybody can learn to manage their mind better and become better versions of themselves and i think for me i think a lot of times people see it like well i'm only going to do that if if i really if i'm really struggling or i'm only going to go and do the thrive program i'm only going to go and speak with nal or do the program with nal if if i'm starting to get anxious or i'm starting to drink too much or i'm starting and I'm and while yes, okay, when well, that is the case, yeah, absolutely come do the program. But there needs to be more of a shift towards how we see mental health. And I think that's the if you follow me online or you come down to my presentations or you you know, you do the program yourself, that's the type of thing that I'm I always try and reinforce to people that mental health is for everybody. You know, you don't you don't wait until you're twenty five stone and think, God, I must start managing my dad. You don't wait until your teeth are falling out and going, God, I must start brushing my teeth. There's such a reactive approach, such a disempowering approach when it comes to mental health. And like your mental health is something that you're always going to need. It's, it's the I would argue it's the biggest thing that affects people every day, how you think, how you behave, how you react, your personality, everything. It's absolutely everything. And yet people don't see it that way, generally speaking. They don't, they see it as something that they want to run away from. And oh, mental health, no, that's not for me. You know what I mean? And it, it doesn't, it, that, 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 that approach and that, the way it's perceived, you know, it just needs to change. Yeah, I think that's so true. Like whenever I started the Thrive program, I didn't tell anyone. It was like hush hush. No one can know because if you looked at me and even myself, I didn't feel like there was anything severely wrong. And it's going back yeah. to that stigma where like you have to, if you go to these things, you have to be severely depressed or severely anxious. It doesn't even have to be that. Like it's just a case of wanting to know these things and wanting to live a more calm, free life. I think that's what it is for me anyway. But yeah, it took me a while. Like people already find out now that I, that I done the Thrive program, and looking back now that I know what I know, and I'm on this journey of like, I don't want to say becoming my best, the best version of me, but that journey. Anyway. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm looking back. I'm like, why was I so scared to tell people? Like, what what was that about? And I think yeah. as well, I agree. Like that should it should change because even now I find whenever I see certain people and like maybe they're projecting something onto me, I'm like, I just wish you knew how the tools to like yeah help yourself like help and I think if anyone's listening or anything um I think if you are at that point where you're like I need something I've tried everything I think the fire program for me anyway and like I can say for mommy as well and most anyone I know that's done it like it has it does give you that thing that you need that you want that you're looking for that you haven't got elsewhere it definitely gives you that like yeah solution good I was gonna say there's sort of the like Five years ago, I would say 97, 98% of people who actually done the program with me would be struggling with a symptom. Like they'd be drinking too much or gambling too much or they'd be anxious or have a fear or a phobia or overthinking or they'd be very negative or depressed or something. Or they have a metaphobia, which is a pathological fear of vomiting and being sick. Um, they have some, some sort of symptom like that. On Rex or something. No, it's honestly, no, it's about 35, 40% of people would come and see me who just want to become a better version of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. Honestly, I love that. I, I mean, for me, obviously, people can say I'm best, but I genuinely believe that every single person in the country would massively benefit or at least significantly benefit if it's on the Thrive program. And they re- really begin to learn about themselves and their mind, and they dedicated the 
the two or three months to do the program and, and put the effort into it because your life will you'll definitely look back and you'll come and say god i'm glad i've done that i've benefited my life if you know what i mean so i think um yeah for the for the time and the energy and the and everything else that, that that's necessary i think it's it's a no-brainer for me i think and yeah i mean everybody there i'm not just meeting people who are struggling you know i think that's the way that mental health needs there needs to be a shift in terms of how people see it and i think that's what I'm trying to do, even though um, obviously I can only do what I can do, but it's um, an organisation. Obviously, that's that's the way we want to. That's the the line we want to push things. Do you want to like even give like a brief rundown of what the program is? So like it's isn't it six weeks of coaching and then you go off for six weeks and you actually put it into practice? Yeah. So for me personally, I, I work with everybody. The, the program itself is done over six weeks. Generally, in terms of the theories covered, the the education is done. There's one session a week in the first six weeks. Um, then after the six weeks is done, then we have a few what we call follow up sessions or catch up sessions in the following six weeks. It's it's not black or white. I mean, people obviously everybody's different, but generally speaking, yeah, I would like to see us have twelve weeks from start to finish. In terms of, we maybe have the last catch up session. Um, you know, six weeks after the initial first six weeks is done. Um, there tends to be maybe one, two or three sessions in the following six weeks. Generally, minimum tend to be two, but it, it does vary from person to person. So I, um, yeah, that's generally the way it's done. There's different ways you can do it. You can do it online on Zoom. You can do it again with me. Um, over the last, I think, four years coming up, I've been at transition now towards doing the first six weeks um, in a class setting where I run courses. As I'm sure you know, um, and uh, yeah, them courses are with the first six weeks. There's a class every week. Um, there is again sometimes when people don't know much about me or the program, they think it's going to be a class every week. Like there's going to be other people there, and then they immediately see it like, oh, we're going to sit around in a circle. I'm going to talk about our problems, or we're going to we're going to. It's going to be like we're it's like hey, we stand up and go here. My name's John. I'm drinking too much or something. Or you you have to share lots of personal stuff about yourself. It's not really like that. Again. The purpose of the first six weeks is to really get your head around the theory and to really grasp the program and to to understand how it relates to you sort of thing. So that's, um, yeah, the, the sessions every week are very educational. They're a lot of fun. Obviously, some people ask loads of questions. We have lots of dialogues throughout the session, obviously. Um, but it's I don't put people on the spot or say, right, you do that or you do this or uh, answer me this question. Or I may ask questions to the group. Now, when I say group, they're a very small group of people. Obviously, they can range from five to 12 or five to, to 10, something like that. But it's everyone looks at me. As you can see, there's a projector behind me here. It's a very chill and very relaxed environment. It's a lot of fun. I mean, ironically, if I, if I looked at all the feedback I got in the last number of years and I said, if I looked at it all, if I compiled it all, Easily, sort of the best feedback I get is from the, is, is from the sessions in here. Mm-hmm. The classes, they're a lot of fun. It's very chill. It's very relaxing. I can sit, break down, explain things, answer questions, and people can learn from other people from the questions they answer. It's just again, I think people walking out of that first six weeks from doing the classes, I think they're ready to rock. Um, like you still can can do the first six weeks on a one to one basis. Why it's by Zoom or in here. Um, and it's still the same program. You just get the same from it. I just think, from in terms of like a fun element, I think it's a lot more fun um, doing it. Yeah, doing it. definitely vouch that it, it is fun. Like it's the examples that are given, and we sit back and be like, 
not even like dismiss how you're feeling but just be like okay this is like you just it just makes you feel normal especially whenever you see other people around because I think whenever you're in a certain mindset you feel like oh god there's something severely wrong like I'm on my own and then whenever you're in that group situation it's kind of like okay it's not just me there's a solution to this you're explaining it in like a fun way with like the different examples and things like that and you have definitely it's definitely it's not what I thought it was going to be whenever I started it definitely not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and as I say, I find that very frustrating because I've tried everything. But it's one of those things where, there's generally speaking, if I was, if you were explaining something to me, I, well, what we tend to do, sir, is we tend to try and compare it to something we already know. If you know what I mean, and I think that there's nothing really like this five program. So it's like it's very difficult to compare it to something else because you, there isn't there isn't anything like it's not like therapy or it's not like counselling or there isn't there isn't anything really like there out there. So it's very difficult to really. To really understand something that's that that's new, it's different. That's yeah, different than anything you've done before. So I think yeah, but um, yeah, as I say, you just have to do it to sort of understand. Yeah, and just add to your frustration. Kayleen said last week as well. She doesn't know how to describe it to people either. So it's just, it's yeah, it is because it's so different. It's just so different that it's just like how do you put it into words? Just you just have to do it. Like you literally just have to do it to understand. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you have any, any, what would you tell someone that's like on the fence right now about, do you have another go? What would you say that anyone's listening? Um, the best thing you can do is go on to my Thrive page. Um, probably on Facebook is the best one. You could go on to my website and there's a lot of information there. Um, there is, uh, I think Facebook is probably the best because a lot of, uh, you know, I update it a lot. I post there two or three times a week. There's people have posted reviews there. And there's loads of testimonials there from people who've actually done the program and, and they're giving their first hand account of it. Um and I definitely have conversations with people every day and I always say them just watch the testimonials, read the reviews to really to get your head around the benefits people can get from this program. Um I as I said, I think from watching them, I think you'll get a much clearer view on 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 what this is. And I think sometimes I've obviously never watched a podcast back of me talking about the program, but um, I could imagine that. And even I say this during the consultation, I could imagine that to some extent it comes across as like salesy maybe or something, or God, he's really trying to sell him or sell his program. Honestly, it's not that it's not about that at all for me. This is just generally what I think. This is just, this is just, you know, I'm, I'm quite, you know, passionate about this program. I genuinely think that everyone should do it. And I genuinely believe if you did do it and, and you dedicate the time and commitment to it, it would be the best thing you've done in your life. I genuinely mean it. That's not me trying to sell something to people. I mean, just look online, look at the testimonies, look at the reviews, and let that, you know, that'll back up everything I'm saying today. So I think that's what I would advise people to do. And look, if if anyone watching this today is thinking, you know what, that's something I would like to do or that's something I'm interested in, message me, get in touch with me, and we can have a chat. I offer a consultation either via Zoom or in Dungannon face-to-face. And the consultation is about 30 minutes. It's a casual chat. We can talk through everything that's necessary. And, um, yeah, it's a no obligation. It's not as if you come to the consultation, you have to start. The purpose of the consultation is that we can have a proper chat and we can determine where or not moving forward is the right thing to do. But, look, if that's something you're interested in, get in touch and we can take things from there. Yeah, I just want to add that it's definitely – 
you can tell that you're passionate about it because even like the accountability the whole way through the program even like after the program's finished like checking in like texting about my podcast like what three years later so I just think yeah it's definitely not like a salesy thing like it actually is like a passion you can just tell through the course anyway yeah I think as well sir the if you do read the reviews I think a lot of people mention that which is good obviously about now now cares like not not now cares um for me I'm there to obviously be a person's coach. Like I'll be coaching if let's say Sarah started the trade program today, I'm your coach for that time period. Um, so it's my job to it means something to me that Sarah gets the most from the program. You know, like it's it's uh, obviously I can see, I, I understand the benefits, the potential benefits people can get, you know, from this. And ultimately I'll I'll be there throughout the program, you know, talking with you, you know, communicating with you, making sure. I'm checking in with you, obviously having the sessions every week. Um, I think on that point though, when I use the word there, potentially change your life because the program doesn't do it, you know, I can't I can't change sir. I can't go up with Kidabra and Sarah wakes up someday and goes, Oh my god, that's changed my life. You know what I mean? It's something that you you have to be willing to do the program, you have to be willing to dedicate time to it. Um, you'll find it a lot of fun. You'll find it very open and very thought provoking, but ultimately you have to be committed to um, you know, do, there's some studying and videos to watch in between sessions and come to your session every week and you have to want you have to be open to change and, and, and willing to put in some work. But look, as I said, it's um yeah, again, people generally the feedback is the best thing we've ever done. So it's um you know, it's definitely worth that. Just before we go, do you have like a favorite? This might be a hard question, but not even favorite, but the most maybe something from the book or the program that you done six r2 that stuck out with your whole since you've done it is there anything well not in particularly um sarah i think the reasons why i'd be a little bit reluctant to answer that is because people may judge the the whole thing based on me talking about one isolated thing i often i think i said this to you before we went live here that one of the things that I've, I've, I haven't really done over the last number of years is talk about the program. We bits of it here and there because I think, it, I think, you know, if you're judging, if I give you one percent of something, one percent of something doesn't make sense of yeah. of, of everything else. If that makes sense, it's a step by step process. So I think, um, I think you know, it's something to. Yeah, like if I turn around, to, even earlier on when I was talking about your power and your control and, and coping skills and things like that, it doesn't really make sense to people mm-hmm. unless you've understood everything else that, that, that leads you then to understanding that. If I was speaking about self-esteem today, for example, a lot of people don't really understand self-esteem until they understand beliefs they don't, and, and thoughts and they understand, you know, the the filter process and everything else. So I think um, the program, as I said, it's a, it's a there's lots of different aspects of mental health and I think to pick out one in particular, I think is would be would would wouldn't do the program justice. What I will say is that it's obviously very empowering. The program is very empowering. You know, people feel very empowered, and it's given them proper answers and solutions, and it's given them something to work with and something to to understand and make sense of. Um, and it's given them a toolkit and education that will help them for the rest of their lives. And I think that's for me that's the the number one reason why the program, I believe, is the best thing that people can do. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you then another question. That's good. No, it's fine. Um, from a personal point of view, then, like not thinking of the five program in your like day to day life, is there anything that you like go by that helps keep you on it or 
Yeah. Um, well, I think, look, obviously, I planned the theory of the, of, of, of doing it and, and, and um, practicing what I preach as such. Um, that's obviously a huge part of my everyday life. Um, I, I do other things like, you know, it's funny, I was speaking to my wife this um, over the weekend. Like every every night, I'll, it's just what I do personally. I, I would sit down when I'm in bed and I would go through the good things I've done that day and I would, you know, I, I would make sure that I'm processing that. And I also sort of look ahead to tomorrow and see what I have and everything else. I think, I think over the last two or three years, I've had to do that, sir, because like my life is really, really busy. Like, I mean... Some, I'm obviously a coach in my job, but I'm working with so many different people and I have to be organized and I have to be on top of that. I've just, uh, uh, since COVID's happened over the last three years, I've got engaged, I got married, I've had two kids, um, and both of them are actually under um, one and a half at the minute. So there's, yeah, and I've built a house as well from scratch. So there's been a lot of things that have been going on and like, you know, I think things have been really, really, really busy. Like, I mean, we're to the point where, you know, your your head doesn't really get a rest as such. You're just moving and doing stuff all the time. And so I've, I've had to, to get some sort of clarity and some sort of structure and to sort of organize things a little bit and sort of make sure that you're looking after yourself. I've had to, to sort of take time to myself every day and look after myself and celebrate the small victories and, and give myself credit for what, for, what, for what, and really recognize the things that I'm doing and, and just sort of, yeah, you know, look ahead and sort of trying to organize things and to make sure that uh, I'm in sort of in control of the things because, like, there's, yeah, I'm sure if, if anybody knows building a house and with two kids under the age of 18 months and, you know, I think if you work with me and you see the, the amount of work that goes in just to manage one client, never mind to manage everybody else, and, you know, it's it's a lot. I think I've had to look, to look to work harder and look after myself. I've also moved house two times and stuff so it's just been really busy and I think that I think that helps me to sort of um obviously practice what I'm preaching and all the stuff I'm learning but um yeah I spend time every morning I do it every morning as well like I'll go for a coffee in the morning times or every day I go to not every day sorry maybe four or five times a week I'll go to the swimming pool in the morning after dropping my wee man off or I would um you know um I would maybe do go for a swim, go to the sauna, take a hot shower, cold shower, and just wake myself up. And then I'll maybe go for a coffee and spend a little bit of time reflecting upon my day and and, and reflecting upon what you know what I have to do for that day and sort of just thinking about that. I think looking after yourself is, is important, especially when life's really busy. Um, I think from my own personal experience, a lot of people or especially people I work with would be looking at their flaws and beating themselves up and there would be they would be in the habit of doing that sort of thing. And I think that, um, yeah, to sort of get out of them habits and start, you know, to start make, changing that shift, I suppose. It's it's always easy to look at things you're not doing, especially when you're really busy. Because you could land bed and go, oh, I didn't do that today, and oh, shit, I'm that doing, or this doing, or, oh, you know what I mean? So I think looking at the things you've done and just saying, look, all you can do is what you can do, and life's busy, and you can only do so much. You know, if you're spinning, if you're trying to juggle 10 balls, you know, some someone's going to break down if you're if you're trying to fit ten people into a car that only has five seats, it doesn't really work. And human beings, I think, try and do too much, and we don't process things very well sometimes. So I think, yeah, spending some time to yourself and 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 doing things like that, I think, has 
personally has helped me. But I mean, in terms of, I would I would encourage my clients to do that. Maybe a little bit different because there's exercise in the program that we'll talk about that involves doing things like that. But yeah, just practicing what I'm preaching and and, and you know applying the stuff that you know within the program. Yeah, it's probably really reassuring for everyone listening to just like obviously a coach as well that has to keep on top of your yourself as well. Um, sure. Yeah, it's just it's good to hear that. And I'm, yeah, and sir, we all have our moments. You know, we're not. We all, you know, we're human after all, and we all have our moments. And like, you know, I think we all have demands and external challenges. And you know, some, as I said earlier on, like some, you know, sometimes I don't deal with things very well in the moment. And afterwards, I'm thinking, you know, right now that you can learn from that and you, you can move forward and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's just about we're all. I think it's about understanding sir, that mental health is is something that we're we have to be accountable for, and it's 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 something that's a skill set that we have to to manage and learning the theory and getting your head around the and knowing how to do that's crucially important but it's it's doing it you know it's like i often talk about this high program is, is there's two aspects of it it's like the learning bit the educational bit and then the doing bit the practice element of it you know what i mean so it's um yeah i have to practice what i preach but it's not about being perfect i think sometimes you know people i met with sticks every day mm-hmm. in fact i came to my office last week and i forgot the keys and I drove away and forgot the key. You know what I mean? It's just, but I'm human. You know, you're going to do stuff like that all the time. And I'm not, maybe don't deal with things pretty well sometimes. And that's part of life. I mean, I would say I've got a good, healthy level of control over my life and I'm moving forward. But ultimately, it's, yeah, it's done to the day I die. My mental health is crucially important to me. And it's something I have to be responsible for. And it's something I have to work at and maintain. And, and yeah, while I've, got, while I've got the knowledge and skills to do that, it's, I have to do it. Unreal. Really like that conversation and I hope it's inspired people to maybe take take that leap that they've been on the fence about will they do it, will they not, and even maybe just give them more knowledge and understand what the third program is. Look, Sarah, thanks for having me on. It's been really good. Uh, as you can say, I talk too much sometimes and I waffle sometimes, but no, look, seriously, thanks for having me on and um, I really appreciate for you know for reaching out and um, all the best for your podcast. Um, as I said, I've enjoyed the conversation, so thank you. Thank you for coming on and I really hope that more people go and do the side program because you generally won't regret it. I don't think any of you said no one's ever said it hasn't changed their life or they've regretted it. So yeah, hopefully it's inspired a few people. Perfect, sir. Thank you.